Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Many Happy Miles, a podcast celebrating all types of forward movement and searching for the joy in an active lifestyle. Whether it's a marathon PR or a brisk walk after a setback, we're here to say yay and dig into all of it. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wastner Flynn. And this week, Dimity, I'm saying yay to going to New York City tomorrow for the Milrose Games indoor track meet. I am so envious just because I would love to just be, I love a good live sporting event, um, a track meet mm-hmm. or whatever. So tell us, are you competing yourself? Oh gosh, no, I'm not competing myself. This is like the best of the best. Um, there'll be lots of Olympians there, world champions. They also have high school races. So one of my athletes is going to be running in the high school, 600 meters for the boys So he'll be doing that at 2.41 Eastern time on Saturday. And then we get to stick around and watch all the pros do their thing on Saturday afternoon. And it's actually going to be on TV, probably on NBC. It usually covers it. So it's a big deal. So I'm so excited to be there. Yeah. Indoor sporting events, track. It's totally my wheelhouse. It's my, it's my fun. Awesome. And so wait, uh, will his race be televised or is it just the pros that they televised? Do you know? I'm pretty sure it's just the pros. His race should be live streamed. It's like on USATF.TV. But the live stream is probably going to be running while the pros are racing, but NBC will pick it up. I saw Kara Goucher is going to be doing commentary. So I think that is so cool. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be fangirling left and right. And I have to keep my cool too, because I'm like coach, right? So I can't be like geeking out too much, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of big names there. So that's going to be cool. And I'm so thrilled to be in New York because, um, you know, I used to live there and my sisters are there. And so I don't get up very often anymore. So this will be a little fun weekend of track and, and some play too. That is going to be great. That is going to be great. I'm super excited for you. And we got to, I'll, I'll be cheering. What's his name? You can just give us his name name is Colin Abrams. I talk about him a lot. He's this awesome athlete. Very cool kid. Very, very sweet kid. I should say too. So go Colin. Go Colin. Indeed. The the mother runners are cheering for you. We'll be watching on uh, (laughs) live stream USATF. All right, cool, cool. And I am saying yay these days to, I I self-diagnose myself out of the boot, Sarah Wassner Flynn. I just decided. Okay. It was about a week ago or a little less than a week ago, but I just, it was like so nice on Sunday morning. And Grant and I used to, we try to walk the dogs together once a week just to have a little together time. And Mm -hmm. we haven't done it in a very long time. And I can feel its absence on our relationship. And so I was like, you know what? We're going for a walk. So I just, I mean, I've been out of the boot, like around the house and stuff, but I hadn't walked outside 
much. And um, mm-hmm. gosh, it was just, it's been great. I just did my second dog walk today. Um, and uh, just oh. again, how much just being part of the world, like, you know, standing in the Target parking lot is one thing, you know, as I walk mm-hmm. in, in my boot, you know, to go shopping or whatever, but to just take a walk outside, it's it's like the same thing with everything. You don't realize how good you have it until you don't have it anymore. And then you totally <laughs> poorly yeah. miss it, you know? Yeah. So. Just the fresh air and just being like, sometimes if I just go for a walk around the block and you just see a different face or you see a cute dog or whatever it is, it takes you out of your little kind of rut that you've been in, in your mind. And it's like, yes. totally, it's like such so simple to say that, but it does help. So I'm happy and you're pain-free. You're not um, having- Yes, I am pain-free. Pain. I'm going to still go yeah. to the doctor tomorrow um, just to, and you know, I may or may not cough up that I, <laughs> that I, <laughs> t- I, you know, skip school on the last week of my boot, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, okay. I feel like it's, it's healing and yeah, I'm on my way back. And you- you know, your body. I mean, this is what we tell people all the time, you know, your body. So you have to trust in the fact that maybe that extra week would have been a nice little insurance, but you know, if you're good and you needed it for your mental health, as well as your physical health, you know, (laughs) sometimes that, well, mental health to trump that. So you can, you know, tell your doctor that you needed the fresh air to make exactly. Exactly. I was like, it was my marriage or my boot. Tell me what I should have done. Ah, uh, oh, cool, cool. Well, anyway, we're going to just dismiss our typical introduction protocol and jump right in. So Ellie, what are you saying yay to these days? Oh man, I love this. You know, I am saying yay to a little bit more spontaneity, which I know both of you can't believe because I am possibly <laughs> an atomic bomb over here where I just do things like clockwork, but I just have been I don't know, kind of been, I've been pulled towards a little bit more playfulness lately. Um, have you guys, have either of you played the game Quicks? Okay. Not. This needs to be your anything. It's so fun. My husband and I have been making an evening habit out of playing Quicks at dinner time, And it is so fun. And so just, you know, it has no rhyme or reason to it. It's just been kind of a new rhythm and a routine. And so I've been saying yay to just more playfulness and more spontaneity and possibly more, more games, more games. Wait, is is it a card game or a dice game or what? It's dice. And that's what makes it so fun is it's just enough skill mixed with enough luck that I think you can't necessarily just come in with the upper edge, no matter what, (laughs) which is good because I think my husband would win every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is it something that kids could play like older kids, like 10, 12? Yeah. Actually, I think a kid's game. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for sure. And I don't know, I'm just realizing how much when you get into routines and possibly ruts, it's hard to even think that, you know, think outside the box and bring something as spontaneous as a game into your evening, but it does just completely change the energy. It's instead of you go into robotic, okay, finish up dinner, clean up the kitchen, get ready for bed. It's like, you kind of bring in this new guest um, and the guest just happens to be a game. So, hmm. all right. Well, Ellie, for those of you who recognize the voice, you know, this is Ellie Kempton. For those of you who don't, let's give a little introduction to you. So you're a dietitian and mastermind behind many of our nutrition programs, including the OG, Simply Nourish Like a Mother, a former all-American swimmer and now budding biathlete. Ellie lives in Denver with her dog, 
Olive and her husband, Tom. And I did not, <laughs> I don't know why You're I switched it with the dog first. Hey, um, I'm all no, about that. No particular order. <laughs> no. Welcome, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you for including me. I always look forward to these conversations. It's so fun. I do too. And this episode drops on Valentine's Day. And so we thought it would be fun and helpful, of course, to have Ellie come on and talk about the relationship between love, your body, and food. Body positivity and loving yourself is trending hard on social media right now, but seeing it on a screen and feeling it internally are two very different things, as I think many of us can relate to. On the other hand, feeling the love for like the Dove's chocolate nuggets, you know, I can totally do that. No problem. (laughs) Or, you know, pretty much insert any kind of Valentine's Day candy, except for conversation hearts. Don't make me eat that shock. So I'm not going to. (laughs) And also I wanted to hear about Ellie's biathlon adventures, but we'll save that for the very end. (laughs) Cool. All right. So let's start on the less complicated side of things, food. So what food are on your current in list, Ellie? You know, My in list is a list of foods that really make me feel alive and that can change season to season for sure. But the foods that are on my in list are usually foods that are beautiful. Like I'm drawn to them in the store. And this is something that I teach all the time. In fact, you know, many happy miles challenge was just like looking for beautiful red food. So my in list is food that definitely has this attractive quality to it. But also I think my in list is a list of foods that I walk away from consuming them and I feel this percolation of energy. Instead of feeling drained, I feel like I walk away from a meal feeling like, okay, that information resonated because food is just information, right? And so when the information makes sense to your body, it's like you walk away having read a really good book and you're inspired by it and you want to do big things. Those are on my in list. And so to make that list simple, usually those foods are unpackaged, but let's be real. I'm a busy woman who has lots of obligations. And so there's some packaged foods that I really love too. And something I'm really jamming on right now, which is a fun kind of new experiment is I found this packaged chip. Have either of you tried pulp chips? I have not. No. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. This might be a new thing for your listeners. Pulp chips are kind of cool because they're just like any other chip. They're salty and crunchy, which is like the world's greatest combo. And they are chips made out of the pulp from companies who juice. So it's kind of like none of that goes to waste and all of it goes to pleasure. So that's definitely on my in So is it like veg is it vegetable so they're like vegetable rinds, Ellie? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Is that not the coolest thing? I was at this little, not even little, it's a national brand grocery store called Sprouts. Mm-hmm. And I stopped dead in my track and I was like, okay, pulp sounds like it's got my name all over it. And I play in Sprouts. When I'm in a bad mood, my husband will just like drop me off at Sprouts and be like, okay, go play and come back nice. And so I go like dance around the aisles of Sprouts and I go see all the new foods that I haven't yet discovered. So it was a fun discovery for me. And what I love about it, and I, this goes for all my foods on the in list, is that everything in the package makes sense to me. And that goes for everything. It's like you read it and you're like, oh, that's familiar. That's familiar. That's familiar. Well, let's see if I like it because food is this beautiful relationship. And so I love that the topic of our time together is just this love component because when you curate foods and kind of bring new foods into your life that you love, chances are you'll continue to eat them. So my in list has everything to do with foods that are beautiful and foods that I truthfully like 
I couldn't wait to share them with my best friend type of thing. So that's definitely on my end list. And then have either of you tried, there's another new food that I'm kind of obsessed with right now. There's a new protein bar that I have been loving lately and it's called the Atlas bar. Mm -hmm. Have either of you tried that? I've heard of it. I have not tried it yet though. Yeah. I've just been seeing it everywhere. And of course, Instagram Mm -hmm. is stalking me over it. (laughs) So same thing. It's like one of those, I know that protein is one of those things we talk about in all of our programs where we just want to make sure we're consistent and we're getting enough. And so of course I would love to have a private chef following me around and spoon feeding me protein. I love, but realistically I've got an Atlas bar in my back pocket and on my busy days, I pull it right out. It's delicious. What, like, what is it? What kind of flavor is it? Well, they have many flavors. I got the peanut butter one because I'm just, oh my gosh, is peanut butter just straight crack? And it's delicious. <laughs> um, so whatever protein bars have a peanut butter flavor, I'm all in. But yeah, they have tons of different flavors. They have a coconut almond, peanut butter, dark chocolate, and dark chocolate. Oh, yum. yum. Sound good. Yeah, definitely not jerky. All right. All yeah. right. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so Ellie, I got to know, is there anything on your out list? I mean, not, we know we don't like to demonize foods, but I'm just curious if there's right. anything that you're crazy about a few months or years ago, but now you're like, mm, I'm over it either just personally because you're done totally. with the taste of it or it was really trendy, but then now you realize that the science behind it isn't what you thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to just start with what I always start with, which is my outlist has to do with how food makes me feel. And that would be my encouragement to everyone is similarly to my in list is like, what is just so attractive to you in a really meaningful way. Same with the outlist. Like it could be the most beautiful thing. Let's say it's like a head of kale and you've heard (laughs) it's good for you. And like, you want to like Uh it. And there's even shirts made out of like kale university. (laughs) So you're like, want to be in the in club, but then you eat kale and you just feel off. You know, it maybe makes you feel bloated. It doesn't settle well. That is on your outlist for right now. And that's okay. And similarly, for me, my outlist often has to do with foods that I just kind of overdo. I was about to say. Right? It's like yeah. you just yeah. become a broken record player and you eat them because you kind of think you should, but it's not this lovely relationship. And again, food is a relationship. And I sound now like a broken record, but it really needs to be a relationship that you really honor. And so I have definitely over pushed a few buttons. I will tell you, and this is going to drop jaws. I'm over frozen cauliflower rice right now. I can't deal. <laughs> I have overdone it. And like, I, you've seen it in my recipes. You've seen me put it in playful ways into stir fries. I mean, I literally use cauliflower rice for everything under the sun and I, it's on my outlist just because mm-hmm. I've overdone it a little bit. Is it good for you? Absolutely. But I've just overdone it. The other thing on my outlist are foods that I eat out of boredom. I'm really trying to just be aware of my patterns around when I eat, not because I need anything. So I'll walk into my kitchen. I'll be like, is what I need in here? That's always a question that I ask myself, which is, I think, a good question. And the foods that I use to pacify something that I need outside the kitchen are on my out list. And I don't restrict them in any way. I just kind of have more caution around Am I knee deep into this bag of chips because I'm hungry or did I just get a really stressful email that I don't know how to respond to? Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I hear you. It's usually the latter. And if you're, if yeah. I'm yes. speaking for my, um, <laughs> for my me. N of one, Sarah, is there anything that yeah. you've overdone? I mean, I'm definitely a, a person who goes on jags for food. So yeah. I mean, I think I still have, like I'm nursing the charcuterie hangover from the holidays. Like a lot of, <laughs> like I, you know, my husband's so sweet and like, he knows that like, you know, we like a good happy hour on Fridays. And like, he's always like, Oh, we got like the prosciutto and the salami and all the yummy meats. And like, ugh, I don't think I I'm over it. I, I'm sure I'll get past that and go back to my meat and cheese loving days. But right now I'm just not doing it for me at all. Not doing so it for you. And that's not really healthy either. So it's probably good yeah. that I'm not eating that much meat and cheese, but yeah. I'll take all the other stuff on the charcuterie board, but load up on the olives. So how about you, Dimity? Um, you know, it's so funny you say that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, Ellie knows this because we talk about it a lot. I love a good egg for breakfast, scrambled eggs with some broccoli or spinach in them. That's Ellie's definitely taught me to do that. But lately mm-hmm. I am just, it's, I don't want anything else. Like, it's like, I can't think of another breakfast I want, but eggs are kind of just feeling, ugh. Mm-hmm. When the funny thing is, is, you know, there was, I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what's going on with the egg situation in the US, but, you know, the prices are so expensive. So, <laughs> yeah. well, so I was at Costco last weekend. And literally like they have the five dozen organic eggs in a box. And I bought that before when everybody's home and Amelia really likes eggs. She doesn't live at home. She's at their dorm, you know, but I was like, well, it's either like this or like, you know, an overpriced 12 pack. And I'm like, fine, I'll just get the five dozen. (laughs) Five dozen eggs in my um, fridge that I'm not even interested in eating. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where I am. You can do some baking, I guess, yes. if you don't want to eat the eggs out, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I'll hook yeah. you up, Dimity. I've got some muffins that will use all of those and more. So Okay, good, good. Out. Awesome, yes. awesome. <clears throat> well, so Ellie, I know you've just talked a lot about really listening to your body and what and, and your mind about what is appealing and what is not feeling appealing. But are there any foods like that are worth falling in love with? Like say... You don't like Brazil nuts, but they're so packed with selenium. And yes, I had to look that up. Um, that's worth Cute. looking. It's worth uh, choking down a couple daily, you know, yeah. to get that mineral. Well, there is something to be said about just familiarity. So you hear about these foods like the Brazil nut, the kale, even the cauliflower rice, and that's where you know there are foods that both dare I say super nutrients, like nutrients that you just don't get anywhere. And what I would suggest with those foods, and I'll list a few for you, but what I would suggest with those foods is repetitive experimentation in different formats so that you do find a way that you love them. Like the the good old fashioned Brazil nut, it does boast a lot of selenium, so good for the thyroid, so good for our energy production. It just nurtures the little battery of the cell called the mitochondria. So it's like you hear all these things, but then if you munch on it and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Well, what would it be like if you blended just two into your smoothie? Or maybe you chop it up and put it into a granola. So those types of things, I just want to almost re-emphasize just because this is a huge foundational component to the way in which I teach wellness. We want to date foods until you figure out what you love about them, right? And then you just continue to have that re-exposure. So some foods on my list that I think are worth dating, especially as it pertains to what I would perceive to be the main pain points of the women in my practice, like poor energy, kind of feeling stuck, like very puffy and inflamed, feeling like they just don't think clearly and feeling like the recovery rate to anything, just life or a workout is really slow. One food that just happens to be red, and I promise I didn't just make this up for a Valentine's Day podcast, <laughs> is pomegranate. 
Pomegranate mm-hmm. is a powerful punch of that protective polyphenol red, which is so just think of it like taking nature's Advil. So good for you. But what's really cool about pomegranate that's worth falling in love with, which I know very few people who don't like pomegranate, but what's really beautiful about it is pomegranate supports our levels of testosterone. And that hormone is all about vitality and youthfulness and recovery. So I would definitely put pomegranate on your list and make it easy. I mean, maybe you buy some some pomegranate that's been preceded, right? Because that's the piece that, mm-hmm. that gets messy and it takes time. Another food that I think is worth falling in love with is pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds, I think, are kind of an unsung hero because they're easy to get your hands on, but you only hear about almonds and cashews. And I know I eat a ton of, as I already said, peanuts because I love them. But pumpkin seeds have a ton of zinc. So in this time where we're really concerned about our immune system and we're working on recovering from getting sick really quickly or anything, I mean, really immune health thrives on zinc. And we talk a lot about vitamin C, but the unsung hero is zinc because zinc is a little, it's the helper to vitamin C. So I would recommend snacking on pumpkin seeds, really a powerful one. And then I'd say a third one that I think doesn't get enough press, but I think has just so many amazing qualities. And some, some of our listeners will definitely roll their eyes. Others will jump on this, but I think it's really powerful. I'd say just punch of nutrition is sea vegetables. Hmm. Ah, see vegetables. I'm glad, you, did, I'm glad okay. you didn't say liver. I thought I you know. I knew it. you were expecting liver for a longer podcast. If I had time for five, liver would be on this, but I'm going to do three. Sea vegetables, I cannot say enough amazing things about them, mostly because, again, vegetables. So they have a lot of nutrient density, but sea vegetables give you the things you don't often eat, like the iodine and the minerals. I know you talk so much about optimizing hydration. Well, think of sea vegetables as like an electrolyte rich food where you Mm. just get this really yummy, salty, um, crunchy snack. But oh, by the way, you're basically getting nature's perfect distribution of minerals. So you'll know you need them if they taste good. So this goes back to my very first comment of like foods that should be on your end list are the ones that you eat them and you're like, whoa what was that? That just like kind of lit my fire. That's amazing. So try sea vegetables on. I like to try them in the simple way. Costco sells this big snack pack of tons of little nori, toasted nori sheets. And I know I need it when I could literally have packs a day. My husband used to say I would smoke a pack a day because he would would watch me eat my sea vegetables like I was smoking because I just couldn't get enough. And that's a good sign that you need those minerals really badly. If they taste bad to you, they should be on your out list. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Do you have any, if if somebody, I I winced with sea vegetables because I'm not, you know, just seafood is just not my thing. Do you have any advice for someone who maybe wants to learn to love it or like how to, can you put it in something or like, is it just, is it best eaten straight? That's a really good question. You know, For those of you who also wince at sea-flavored things, what you can do is just get a seasoning that has kelp in it. So the company that I'm most familiar with that makes apple cider vinegar called Bragg's, they also Mm -hmm. make a sea vegetable seasoning. And so for clients of mine, kind of just goes back to the Brazil nut thing of like, know that it has a lot of goodness in it, but you're just, you're not ready to, to take a deep dive into the ocean. 
consider just seasoning some food to add a little bit of that salt flavor with Bragg's kelp seasoning and see if you like like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really approachable and your thyroid's going to love it. And really you're just getting things. I always think of like, what can you eat that will fulfill a gap that is pretty easy to create because you just, it has nutrients that you just don't get very many places and sea vegetables fill many, many gaps like that. Hmm. All right. I'll have to look up kelp seasoning. Is it, <laughs> is it like salty or? Very. Yeah, you're like, I need more of a sales pitch. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Very salty. So I know I, as an athlete, crave salt, especially after a long workout. I very much want my electrolyte drink. It does taste like salt. It has a little bit of an after flavor of something else. And that's where the Bragg's mm-hmm. plays a role because they put other seasonings in so that you don't get that aftertaste. Kind of like stevia. Some people taste that bitter aftertaste of stevia. Similarly, sea vegetables need a little bit of add-ins just to mask mm-hmm. that. But again, it's really interesting. The body is so intelligently designed to almost crave what you need. So Sarah, I'd be interested... If you do have sea vegetables, almost I'd be I'd be curious to see if you you crave them, if you want more of mm-hmm. them, and that's just such a good sign that it's a food worth falling in love with. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like it's so important to think about like why you're going towards, why your body is taking you to these specific foods, and a lot of times, like you said, like I just want salt after workout. So we'll be right back after this break. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move on to something a little less tangible, which is ideas around nutrition that you're loving right now. So big picture ideas. Mm, I love that you guys are just giving me the reins to run. This is such a great, (laughs) (laughs) you're giving me lots of brain, which is cool. So three ideas around nutrition that I'm loving, and these are just foundational principles that I teach on the daily. The first one that I'm seeing, well, I've been teaching for a very long time, but I'm seeing more and more awareness around has less to do with what to do and how to feel. I think nutrition is so quick to tell you what to do, right? Eat this food, um, work out this much or drink this much water. When really a lot of stuckness, a lot of feeling inflamed comes from patterns of how you feel. And so one of my favorite, maybe bigger picture nutrition tips is really to get 
very good about this relationship with your body where you're just constantly having this dialogue around how things feel. How does this run feel? How does this food feel? How does this drink feel? Because when you're tuning in on a consistent basis, what you're going to start noticing is your how many things you just tolerate and how many things you mm. just kind of do because you've always done them, but they aren't actually aligned with your body or who you are, what you love. And so one of my favorite big picture tips is just truthfully to observe yourself as though you're like an animal at the zoo and you're just watching yourself (laughs) in the wild and you're being like, okay, she likes that. No, she does not like that. And when you start observing it in a really self-compassionate way and not, not criticizing it, not getting too quick to judge or too quick to take action, just really sitting back and watching everything, it's amazing how quickly you will spot what is serving you and what's not serving you. That's so interesting. Can, can I um, interject here for a second, Ellie? Because I mean, one of the things like you're like, okay, feel you when you were talking about this at the top of the show, you know, how food makes you feel. I I don't think I have that skill yet (laughs) because I just think about I'm hungry or I'm full. Not right. Yeah. You know, like I'm hungry. I'm going to go have my lunch, which I eat. You know, I mean, I eat a healthy lunch. I, you know, I have pumpkin seeds on my salad yesterday, as a matter of fact, but it's not like I'm like, oh, I feel really great now. Like, can you just like talk a little bit more about how to start to unpack a little bit how food makes you feel? Cause again, I'm like more like, I can, I just see it as black and white. Like it's either in me and that's good or it's, I need some more. <laughs> right. Well, you're talking to the goddess of being programmed not to feel like, I think even part of my success in high performance athletics and really even just juggling many things as a modern day woman comes kit and caboodle with being taught how to not feel. It's almost like, just make sure you can keep going, whether you feel it or not. That was always, honestly, in some of the hardest sets I would do, or um, I feel it come back to me in some of the biathlon training I'm doing is you'd kind of learn to not feel. So this is, I love that you shared that this is actually a very new skill set, and it's not one that you're maybe consistently being programmed to do, which is actually be really sensitive because being really sensitive in a hard workout makes it a lot harder. Yes. You're not going to finish it, right? You're going to be like, this is dumb. Yeah. Right. And sorry that Banjo's, Banjo wants to hear your answer a lot or or if you can hear him anyway. I love it. (laughs) Go on, go on. He senses a dog mom over here. Okay. Yeah. So this is very much, think of your, think of your arms as opposing muscles. The muscle that you're flexing in a workout is a different muscle that you would flex after a meal. After a meal, it requires a pause, potentially a very pregnant pause, like one that feels awkward where you're like, oh, wait. Okay, I don't have to be doing anything. I just need to literally scan from head to toe. And I'd encourage you both to try this on for size after your next meal, maybe even your next snack, or even maybe right now. And you literally just sit there and you just identify in your body where you feel discomfort, if any, because some meals actually do induce discomfort. For some of my clients, their knees start to hurt or their belly starts Mm. to bloat or they start to feel kind of brain fog. And this might be something that you feel not right after a meal, but maybe 20 minutes after a meal. And you're so programmed to not feel it that you might just skate right past it. And then it becomes something you just tolerate. But I would encourage you maybe for a week to set an alarm 20 minutes after lunch. Let's make it just one meal a day. So it's very approachable. And when that alarm goes off, it's going to feel annoying the first few times because you'll be like, I don't have time for this. But what you're going <laughs> to notice, when you, right? I'm just being honest. 
Yes. No, I'm, that's, I'm laughing because it's, it resonates. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> but what it's going to do is it's going to be an invitation back into that beautiful body of yours. And it's going to be an invitation to identify what is a trend because the trends or a better word for that is the patterns are the power. The patterns are the truth. The patterns show you what's actually going on. So let's say day one, you feel mm, maybe a little bit of tightness in your right shoulder. Day two, it's low energy. Day three, it's bloat. You're going to be like, what? These aren't patterns. So what it requires is enough time to identify which one of those three shows up most often because your body is so dynamic. It's always changing, but usually the information is the thing that shows up most often. So after a week or two, so it's not just three days of tracking, it's two, maybe three weeks of tracking. You might notice the thing that shows up the most is that it's bloat. Like after every meal, you just, your belly kind of feels like there's a little balloon in there. And that's the piece that is golden because that's the piece that we target. And, you know, the pain in the right shoulder or the brain fog or all of that, it's worth noting, but the patterns show the root of the issue and the roots of the issue, that's where you can really do something more approachable. Because if you were to target all of those symptoms, it would feel like you might just give up because it's very overwhelming to to target many things at once. But when you identify one thing to target, all of a sudden you feel like you're in this dance again and you feel like you're finally kind of opening up a conversation with your body that feels like you want to have it. It doesn't feel quite as overwhelming. And so that would be maybe my first place to start is pick a meal of the day Tune in for a minute after that meal and just see what you feel in your body. And this will feel awkward. It'll feel like you're lifting a one pound weight with a T-Rex arm and you might just want to drop it. But the more you do it, the more you flex it, you'll start actually tuning into your body in really all the time. You'll tune into your body in traffic. You'll tune into your body at a party. You'll tune into your body right before you go to bed. And the more you start tuning in, the more you start to feel like you your body's your friend again. It's a really cool sensation where you're like, oh, hey, how's this feeling? Oh, wait, how about this? And when you do that, what's really cool over time, and I see this happen in in my clients who start tuning in more and more, is they start to gravitate toward the things that are truly aligned with them. And they no longer have to follow so many rules that someone else teaches them. They start to emanate through life instead of effort their way through life because they start to kind of say no to more of the things that they notice kind of don't make them feel good. And that's a skill set that I have yet to master. I am a student. I am always humbled by how many things I do because I've been taught to do them. I am the world's biggest rule follower. I love for someone to teach me what to do. But when I'm at my best, I try it on for size and I kind of refine away the rules that don't feel good in my body. And I start to really latch onto the ones that do. And that's magic. That is so cool. I love how we went from like bloat to like following rules like that. And that's totally, then all of a sudden you're playing jinx at dinner. It's amazing. (laughs) Because Ellie, and that's, and that's, that was just beautiful. And I'm not mocking you at all. I'm saying that that's the truth is that everything is interrelated, right? It's not, you can't eat in a bubble. You can't feel in a bubble. You can't 
play games in a bubble. And and your nutrition programs are so much more than just, you know, delicious recipes and the accessible guidance that that um, we offer, but you really consider the whole person and the ramifications of it. So mm-hmm. before we get to the like the ultimate question about becoming really aligned and loving your body, I'm just curious, what are some simple ways to nurture you know, your body, mind, spirit that you give your clients that are not necessarily like food related, but still, you know, get, bring you to that spot where you're like, okay, I'm tuning in. Okay. I'm noticing my energy. I'm getting energy. I'm clearing brain fog, whatever it happens to be, but what are universally helpful, I guess. Great. Good. Yeah. You're right. I'm glad that you noticed early on in watching me and trusting me and building out programming for your gorgeous audience dare you say my biggest commitment to your audience is that we're not just going to create this infrastructure of rules. We're going to human with one another and we're going to create an environment where the dynamic and fluid nature of your body has some wiggle room to, to be a little wabi-sabi and to change from day to day because that's what we are as humans is we're fluid and we're flexible and we need enough structure to feel safe and enough structure to build consistency because the body heals in the presence of consistency, but enough fluidity to have grace and, and to almost, like I said in the beginning of the call, like to play and be spontaneous because that's, that's how the human body thrives. So I would say one of the main threads that's woven through the tapestry of every program that I build is this consistency of lifestyle design. So I would say the fluidity of of nutrition that I teach, the reason it works is because we have enough infrastructure. That's why I like to call myself a lifestyle architect is because I create routines and I like the word rituals for the day that create this nest that we can then place the food like the egg, <laughs> which is a perfect uh-huh. analogy. Because when there's enough consistency with your morning rituals and your midday rituals and your evening rituals, what happens is then you start to notice with more potency the impact that food has on you because there's enough consistency for you to be able to experience that. When your day is to a certain degree, always variable, and then your food is always variable, then it's hard to feel a sense of traction. And it's hard to feel a sense of momentum because there's too much inconsistency. So I would say the universal habit, or in this case, I'd say habits that I find to be very impactful, they're catalysts to wellness and catalysts to healing is to have a morning ritual and mini, midday ritual and evening ritual that's consistent enough that you feel like something's missing if you don't do it. So let's go through some examples. One of the rituals that I teach in actually a program we're running right now, Metabolic Renewal, is I always teach uh, a morning tea ritual. And this morning tea ritual often comes before coffee, which bridges a gap between bed and caffeine. But also it gives you time to just ground yourself and get yourself ready for the day. That is something that is the architecture of your day, but it also creates an environment where you can kind of, it's almost like making your bed, like feel successful about something. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think there's so much power to us identifying with someone who's successful at little things throughout the day. Cause then you take that into big things. A midday ritual would be like a walk after lunch and an evening ritual would be maybe tidying up your desk before you start your dinner. 
those little things of the lifestyle architecture that I weave into every program I build, I know I'm doing it because I know then it makes changing food behavior safer because food is a relationship. And it's almost like if I'm going to ask you to date different foods, we got to make sure you've got a safe home to come back to all the time to almost just ground yourself before you try a new food on for size. So I would say that's a, that's a universal truth you'll see from me is that I'm always building out really nurturing, lush lifestyle design. Love it. Love it. All right. So are we ready for the big one? So Oof, what do you now think? I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a big one to me. So now I'm like, what? I know. And even a bigger one, we're going deep here. Um, what do you think it means to fall in love or back in love with your body? This is one of my favorite questions, mostly because it's the heart behind everything I do with the women under my care is I'm on a mission to help women fall back in love with their bodies. And when my definition of falling back in love with the body is knowing how to nurture the body from cell to soul in a way that you could sustain for a very long time, but also in a way that makes you feel alive. And what I mean by that is when I'm working with someone who feels disconnected, they don't know how to tune in yet. I know that their journey is going to be going back to a place where they have identified how to fulfill their needs with food and lifestyle design. They've identified enough ways that when they feel stuck, they know what to reach for. When you're in that place where you almost have this toolkit of foods and toolkit of habits that you know how to reach for them when you feel, when you feel hurt or lost or stuck or upset. That is the ultimate form of love to your body to know what to reach for and how to give it to your body so that you never feel like you stay in that place of stuckness for long periods of time. And that's kind of like a love letter to the body. It's so fun to see women under my care consistently write love letters back to their body when they're like, oh man, I feel like I've had a really hard day. I know exactly what I need. That is the coolest thing to have hardness and then reach and, and fulfill needs. So I'd say that's the ultimate way to fall back in love with your body is to know how to fulfill your needs with a repertoire of tools and, and foods that you've practiced long enough that they're, they feel lush and nurturing. So do you have any advice on how to do this, on how to fall back in love with your body? Yeah, I would, I would, as you identify those patterns. So this is a great full circle question is as you identify the patterns in which you are feeling stuck or patterns of, of tolerations, I would really start to just get a good almost inventory. We'll call it like, I know many of you love, I'm a big bulleted list fan. I would start to build out your list of what it is that feels really nurturing to you, especially when you're in that pattern. So if it is, let's say you do some check-ins for a while and you start to notice that foot is something that you feel all the time. And it's something that that's one of your reaction patterns. The best way to nurture your body in a way that reflects your deep love for it is to have a toolkit of ways to support bloat everyone's toolkit, everyone's needs are going to be fulfilled in a different way, which is where I think true wellness comes to life is that no one has this one-stop shop toolkit. And that's where 
that's really the way that I design our programs is I curate a, a beautiful infrastructure for you to walk away with your toolkit designated specifically to you loving your body for the rest of your life. Love it. I love it. Okay. Wow. So Thank we're not standing in front mm-hmm. of the mirror, like admiring ourselves, but although that's a, probably a good thing to do, especially if it feels awkward to you, but it's more about really tuning in and figuring out how to support yourself when things don't go as well as you'd want them to. Is that that fair? As you would your very best friend. Yes. I mean, truthfully, if you were walking beside a friend that you loved dearly and you started to notice that she was always talking about filling the gap, it could be bloat. Would you not, every time you saw her, give her ideas that you had heard of? Like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And then maybe she comes back to you and says, oh my gosh, I had no idea how powerful that was. I love that suggestion to slow down eating. Is that not the best way that you could love on your best friend is to spoon feed her nuggets of wisdom that you had curated along the way. And then, and then almost remind her to go back to that toolbox when you hear her talk about it again, that's like the ultimate form of love. It's, it's really like a Florence Nightingale situation. It is. It is. Maybe you should change your yeah. name to Florence, Ellie. Oh, Flo, we can call you Flo. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so Flo, any ideas for last minute uh, Valentine's Day meal? Oh my gosh, you're going to love this because it's a it's the perfect reflection of everything we've talked about today. I would do something that not only is super playful and super spontaneous, but something that lights your world on fire without it being at all complicated. So my idea that I feel like um, I recommend to clients all the time is to do something as simple as playful as like breakfast for dinner. Um, in fact, it's so funny. I'd say I offhandedly recommend that to so many clients as they're, as they're scrambling for something ornate and something elaborate. And I'm like, what about if you make pancakes and then cut them into heart shapes? How about that? And then I'll jokingly <laughs> say that and they'll come back to me in their next session and be like, oh my gosh, you won't believe it. But I actually did that. And that was so fun and so easy. And it honestly made me feel so, it made me feel so good because I just wasn't stressing over it. So kind of as a culmination of everything we've talked about today, as you come up with a fun Valentine's Day meal for tonight, my suggestion would be, what would you make if you were a five-year-old? I love it. I would mm-hmm. make I would make heart-shaped pancakes. Are we all going to make heart-shaped pancakes? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big, I'm a big favorite breakfast. in my house. Yeah. 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 Breakfast. Are you a breakfast for dinner fan, Sarah? Oh yeah, 100%. But the pancakes on Sunday mornings are all shapes. Like we got snowmen, we got hearts, we got Mickey Mouse. You know, that's like what my kids do. Cute. They love the shape. So could that, hey. I prefer, you know, whatever shape they want to make me. But yeah, breakfast for dinner is is uh, my jam. I love that idea. I think we just Perfect. started something. Try a little bit of <laughs> yogurt with some pomegranate seeds on top and you'll have it licked. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so perfect. All right, Ellie, we have one minute. I want you to give us a, a brief summary of your biathlon. I mean, because I don't, I don't know any biathletes besides you. So like, <laughs> Yay! I mean, tell us, how did you even start doing it? It's a squiggly line to get to where I decided I needed to be a biathlete. I have always had a fascination, as you know, for endurance sports. I came from being a swimmer. So I've kind of always uh, maybe this is, I just love pain, I think is what I'm telling you. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I always was interested in bathlons because I would watch the Olympics. I think that's where most people find out about bathlons. And 
being a Coloradan that I am, I've always also been given a hard time that I'm not a downhill skier. So I kind of had this, if you're, if you're picking up where I'm going, it's like, I love endurance sports. I don't downhill ski. There's, there's an endurance sport that involves skis that is not downhill. Let's, let's give it a shot. And it just so happens that I'm often near this set of trails that's groomed for bathlons. Cause you do this, if you've seen on the Olympics, it's skate skiing. And, um, what's really cool is it's kind of like a triathlon where you're actually have a huge advantage if you know how to ski before you know how to shoot. So I came into the sport knowing really well how to skate ski. That is what I'm good at and horrible at shooting. And if you miss a target, you do a penalty loop. So I do many, 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 many penalty loops. But the good news is that you're still in an advantage if you know how to ski fast. So I've just kind of taken to the sport because it it uses both sides of your brain. You've got this like, got to calm down, got to be still, got to, you know, focus and just go crazy, go hard side of your brain to ski fast and ski hard. So I've really enjoyed it. I have this really sweet coach, Igor, who's very patient with me. And <laughs> what level are you racing at right now? Like, are you like serious or is it like all comers or how do they divide like the, the competition? They divide the competition by gender and by distance. And so as a beginner, and I would rank mm-hmm. myself as a beginner, you can do any distance. I am still in the practicing of the sprint. But I think, you know, what's fun about Bathlons is the community here in the States. I, I'm confident it's a bit more aggressive in, say, Norway. Um, but here in the <laughs> States, it's still very just playful and fun. So you'll have someone pull you aside and be like, oh, remember to do this, like while you're racing, which is such a, <laughs> such a, <laughs> kind of refreshing experience for me. Cause as a swimmer, you don't just pull someone aside and be like, Oh, remember this is breaststroke. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I think, it's, <laughs> so I think I just love it because it's, it's serious enough for me to be engaged. And I definitely see myself kind of going far in it. Like I'm very committed to being more than a beginner, but it's playful enough that I don't just, I, I don't feel like I take it too seriously. So yeah, I love it. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing everything today, Ellie. You're such a fun person to talk to. Oh, you're so welcome. And if Ellie and perspective resonated with you, please join us for Simply Nourish Like a Mother, an eight-week program that builds a nutritional foundation on which you can rely for the rest of your life. No joke. You'll find community. You'll find perspective. You will find nurturing yourself from cell to soul, as Ellie says, and you're going to find a lot of fun too and, and fun discoveries about yourself. We start on February 20th, which is next Monday. So um, sign up today. We'll have a link in the show notes and you can also head to anothermotherrunner.com and then look under the training drop-down menu, look for the nutrition programs and you can find it there as well. Our podcast was produced today by Barry Medor of Fire on the Bluff in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks, Barry. 